Welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank with Janet Kunst. It's time to turn up your company's marketing efforts. We'll show you how with a variety of actionable plans that you can start using right now. Get ready. Big results are just ahead. Now, here is your host, Janet Kunst. Hello and welcome to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I'm Janet Kunst, your host, and I am so glad that you're joining us today because we are going to be talking about the importance of storytelling for business. And uh, I, I'm sure that you've all heard how important it is for storytelling to be part of your business and how to use it for content marketing. And it's really become a big old buzzword in, in the industry. And I really want to um, give you an opportunity to see why it's important and how you can actually use it in your business. So um, th- what I'm going to do today is I'll give you the what a story is and why it's important. And then we'll go through about seven types of stories that you can use for your business. And then I'll give you uh, 10 tips for making you a better storyteller. So really, what is storytelling? And and I'm sure you're probably rolling your eyes and saying, I know what a story is. And we all do. Uh, we all know... Uh, We've all known stories from when we were little, whether it was a fairy tale or a fantasy or um, something that our parents told us about when they grew up and and that sort of stuff. But it's also those dramas that we know and and you may like uh, mystery and suspense novels or thriller novels or it's even the movies that we watch. Um, But stories are also used to demonstrate and teach. And we saw that when we were growing up as well with Aesop's fables or even some of the Dr. Seuss stories that would have a moral story to them and and teach us something, whether it's to count or to uh, get along with people or to try new things. If you you think about green eggs and ham, it was one of those stories that um, said it's okay to try things that don't look right or or don't sound right to you and you may even like them. are as human beings, we actually crave stories, and it's really the way that we connect with each other and the world around us. Um, if you think about the, some of the Greek and Roman myths, they were they were stories that were told to explain how the world works and how how um, plants grow and how the world was made and that sort of st- stories. And and then we also. Uh, make up our own stories to explain things. And and uh, one of the earliest stories that I remember making up, it, and I actually got an A on it in like first or second grade, um, it was how the mouse got its long tail. And um, the story was about how ma- mice started out with little fluffy tails like bunny rabbits, but one mouse got its tail caught between two rocks and he kept pulling and pulling and pulling until... His tail was long, and all his friends loved that tail, so they all started pulling their tails, and they all came up with um, long tails. And that, I mean, that's a child's story, but those are the things that we um, thrive on because it's it's what we can relate to and how we can um, relate to each other and, and the world around us. And we all process information in different ways, uh, and, and one of the reasons why stories are so important is Sometimes when we're confronted with a series of facts and figures, we actually understand it in our head. 
um, and we in, intellectually understand what's being discussed. But when we put it in, in the context of a story or an example, we're able to internalize it into our hearts. And, and that's really the, the heart, pardon the pun, of what a story is. So, in fact, when you read or hear a story, you're actually activating seven areas of the brain at once including your ability to process images, which is over 60,000 times faster than language processing, which is actually what you're doing when you're, um, when you're hearing facts and figures. And the other areas of your brain that you activate when you hear a story are emotions and, and those areas that command our senses like touch, hear, taste, and even smell. So, and research has also shown that stories will actually engage your brain on a deeper level than facts alone. So, uh, an example of this is we all know, well, we used to know or we used to think that um, uh, things like whole milk, which have a lot of fat in it, is not good for you. Um, and we know that intellectually, but uh, probably about 20 or 30 years ago, one of the things that uh, I discovered as to how I understood that even more than just the facts is somebody did a demonstration. And that demonstration was they took a, a cup of skim milk and they took a pat of butter and they put it put that cold butter into that skim milk and they said that's what 2% uh, milk is uh, with that one pat of butter. And, they, and then they put in two more pats of milk, uh, of butter into that milk to say that's what whole milk is. And the whole thing just grossed me out so much that I can't drink whole milk to this day because that picture is ingrained in my mind and that story is ingrained in my mind. So that's the power that stories can have when you're talking about facts and figures and you actually relate it to a story or an example. So storytelling for business focuses on the human side of work as well and those ideas and situations that we can all relate to in some way in our day-to-day -day lives. And these stories will stick uh, faster and longer in your audience's brain than just the mere list of facts and figures. And that includes all those bells and whistles you use to describe your products and services. So that's not storytelling when you're, when you're describing what your products and services can do or the benefits of them. Um, good stories will spark interest and they will actually surprise your audience. They'll also persuade and a good story will inspire action where facts inspire just about nothing. So uh, I, have a, I have a really good quote here from Maya Angelou who said, at the end of the day, people won't remember what you said or did. They will remember how you made them feel. So you want to make your story strong enough to, so that you can move your audience and trigger an emotional response. So why storytelling? There's a couple of reasons, and, and the first one is that stories really touch people. They allow people to identify themselves and relate to it, um, but at the very least, they produce emotions. And as I said, uh, facts and figures or, or features are less likely to be remembered than emotions. Um, experience is really the permanent marker. So once you've lived it, you store it in your memory. And that's how um, you affect people with stories that you're sharing. 
And stories also help to make a difference. So through your storytelling, you're reinforcing your positioning. And people do not buy products anymore. Um, They purchase the experience and telling your story helps them to make that possible. Um, I know you've probably heard that before, but it's really important to remember that they're not buying your products or services. They're buying you. And that's why I keep emphasizing that people need to get to know, like, and trust you. And how you do that is through your stories. Stories also give meaning to information, and um, and I don't want to harp on it so m- that much, but there's no sense in giving data like facts and figures and characteristics. You just tell a story to give meaning to your audience, and you must show people how how you can help them to put themselves in that situation, and it keeps their uh, attention. Uh, and, and the example that I want to give is how many times have you sat through a lecture or a presentation that is all facts and figures and historical dates and all that sort of stuff. And how boring is it? Um, You just want to fall asleep. And, And I know that there's a lot of times when I've sat through those presentations where I need to go and get a a cup of uh, well I don't drink coffee so I need to go get something hot to eat or I sit there and I pinch myself to keep myself from falling asleep you want to make sure that whatever you're doing you're engaging your audience and keeping them captivated so that they hear what you're saying they listen to it and they process it Um, stories do sell uh, especially um when you consider that branding is really storytelling and um, your website tells a story and we tend to buy from specific brands because of their story. It also provides relevance. So when it's grounded in the fact, uh, in fact, it can connect us. And whether it's a new company giving us their personal journey um, or it's get, they're giving us the reason why they do what they do, it's all providing relevance and context. Um, the other thing that you need to remember is that um, stories also create purpose and drive action. It can be elevated with the use of a story. So because stories resonate with people more than data and because taking action is an emotional response to a variety of stimuli, um, strategies and stories really attach themselves so they must be clear and concise. So if you're trying to uh, encourage people that you want to improve um, your customer experience, that doesn't say anything. You really need to tell them what that means and give them a story as to how you and your company are going to improve that customer experience. So when we're talking about stories, I'm not talking about how you're describing your products and services. I'm talking about the stories that make your customers think, that drive them to action, and because you've hit a nerve with a need, a challenge, or a problem, and that hasn't been met, and you, you're empathizing with them or getting them to empathize with you. So it's all about that passion that you have. And that brings us to our first break. So when we come back, we'll start looking at ways to incorporate your story into your marketing strategy. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Let's face it, marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we looked at what storytelling is for business and why it's important. And now we're going to look at ways to incorporate story into your marketing strategy. So uh, the first thing that I want to do is I want to talk about uh, the four components to creating a story. And there's a lot of information online that says there's four components, there's 10 components, but we're just going to stick with these four components. Um, so stories have to have these four basic components. It needs to have a beginning, which uh, sets the background and the scene, and it defines the characters in the time frame. So if you're thinking about the story of Cinderella, we're talking about the once upon a time in a land far away, there lived a, a girl whose father died and all that sort of stuff. So you're setting the, the stage for, for your story. The next component is the struggle, and this is where you share the trouble, stress, and difficulties that your characters are having. It's where people step in and begin to relate to the story that you're telling. So this is where you start talking, in the case of Cinderella, about um, how, how her uh, life is difficult because her stepmother is uh, making her work as, as a maid and all that sort of stuff. And then the next point that you need to have in your story is the tipping point. And this is the shortest piece of every story, but it identifies the critical event or moment and the reason why we need to make a change. And this is where um, you're talking about what takes them to the next level, what makes them go from where they have been to where they're going to be. And then the final part is the new beginning, and this explains the outcomes and results. It answers the question, what is the point of this story? So if all of your stories that you're telling for your business have these four components, you're well on your way to grabbing the attention of your audience and keeping it and having them relate back to you. So there are essentially seven types of stories, and there's probably more, but we're going to stick, stick with these seven types. And what I'm going to do now is uh, I'll give you the seven types, and then we'll go through each one of them individually, and I'll give you a couple of examples. So I'm going to tell you some stories. 
So the first type of story that you have is your vision and strategy stories. And this is when you paint the picture of what your company will be in the future, what your company stands for. And then there are company stories uh, where you talk about who your founder is and what they went through to make the company the company is successful today. It's the beginning to how and what your company believes in. And then there are product stories, excuse, <clears throat> excuse me, where you're looking at what your company products and services mean to your customers and to the market. And then one of my favorite types of stories is your best failure stories, where this helps people understand what you've been through to get where you are today. And it also helps fast track them so that they don't have to go through the same failure, failures that you did to have, the, have success. Uh, the next type of story is the customer hero and the employee hero stories. And these are the stories that really do the selling for us. It's the customer that we've helped with our products and services, um, their successes and their business results that move them from actually um, being just a customer to being a salesperson for our prospects. Uh, and then the next uh, type of story is the paint your picture story where we, we've all heard that a picture tells a thousand uh, a, a thousand words or a picture is worth a thousand words. This is where you paint that picture and describe that story. And it may or may not have some business relevance, but, but um, you'll be able to bring it back and have it have some business relevance to your audience. And the last type of um, story that we're going to talk about today is the my why story. And these are the stories that share the reason and purpose you come to work every day. And it's really the most powerful story that each of us have available. Um, so the first, the first type of story that we're going to talk about are the vision and strategy stories. And as I said, these are where you paint a picture of um, where your company will be in, your, in the future or what your vision for your company is. Um, and some mold, uh, entrepreneurs are motivated by something in particular, the hope of a better world or generating changes in society or even uh, contributing to their local community. And they are the businesses with deep meaning and a reason to be special. And my example for this one is Tom's. And the, uh, and the founder of Tom's went on vacation to Argentina and saw a business opportunity with social responsibility in a local type of shoe called an alpargata. Um, and through its one-on-one -on -one philosophy, he has managed to differentiate and inspire. So for every pair of shoes sold, um, Tom's donates another pair to underprivileged children in a variety of countries. And he's also adapted the design to a more demanding fashion consumer in the U.S. and built a story that connects and gives a reason to buy beyond purely functional benefit. So he's actually developed a movement. And the name Tom's, and I didn't know this, the name Tom's comes from the abbreviation of Tomorrow's Shoes. And with that, the uh, that positioning and the business strategy, it appeals to, the, to people's sense of social responsibility. Uh, and he's created a great company that currently sends shoes around the world. So that that's the vision. And he's related that vision um, to his audience by telling the story of how he came up with it. 
So the next type of story is your company story. And this is where you tell the story of your company founder and what they went through to make the company a success. And it's the beginning of how and what your company believes. So the first story that I have for you with this is actually Marriott International. And um, the the founder of Marriott International, um, Jay Willard Marriott, uh, experienced the sweaty summers of Washington, D.C. as a Mormon missionary, and he figured he could turn a profit by offering downtown pedestrians a cooling refreshment. So in 1927, he and his wife started a nine-stool root beer stand, and then during the winter, he brought chili and sweat sandwiches on the menu, and after 30 years in the food business, Marriott Stan had got, grown to 56 restaurants. And then uh, sometime around 1953, when air travel became a little more prominent, um, he embarked on a $7 million venture to build a motor hotel near the Washington National Airport. And it turned out to be a good idea because today Marriott's lodging and and restaurant business is worth about $3.5 billion. Now, that story really tells you what the company is about, how it was founded, and how it got to where it is today. Uh, and I have the same type of story about Wrigley. So after moving to Chicago in 1891 with just $32 in his pocket, William Wrigley Jr., he began a soap business. And as an incentive he, to buy the soap, he actually threw in a free can of baking powder. And then what happened was he found out that the baking powder was actually more popular than the soap. So he switched businesses. And then a co- uh, about a year or so later, he started throwing in chewing gum with the uh, baking powder. So every time somebody bought uh, a can of baking powder, they got a, a pack of chewing gum. And when the chewing gum made a bigger profit than the baking powder, Wrigley shifted his business once again and his success with gums stuck considerably well. So we all know Wrigley as all the types of Wrigley's chewing gum. And that's how his, his company started. It's a fascinating story as to how something evolved from selling soap to selling chewing gum. And your, your company or your relationship with other companies can evolve in the same type of way. The next type of um, story is the product story where you're talking about what your company's products and services mean to customers in the market. And this is actually a fascinating, I have a couple of fascinating stories here too. The first one is about Play-Doh. And Play-Doh was actually made by a company called Kutal as a wallpaper cleaning substance. And so it was made around the time that coal was still popular to heat homes. So homeowners really needed to keep on um, uh, cleaning the the wallpaper. So Play-Doh was made, this this company made this solution to clean those walls. And uh, the owner's sister-in-law actually ran a nursery school and was looking for a cheap way to make Christmas ornaments with the kids. And she found out that the wallpaper cleaner worked for that purpose. And of course, it was fun to play with. So um, Kutal, uh, which was the 
the wallpaper cleaning company, took out the detergent from the wallpaper cleaner and added some almond scent and coloring since the product was initially white and thus Play-Doh was born. So that, I mean, that's a really cool story as to how uh, that product uh, came to be, and it's it's one of those things that people draw. You draw people in, and you say, "Huh, that's really interesting." And that's how a lot of other companies have have been started. And then the next story that I have about product stories is the Warby Par- uh, Parker story about the eyewear retailer, and it was actually founded because the owner. Has the found a problem with of expes, expensive eyewear because he lost his glasses backpacking and couldn't afford to replace them as a, a grad student, so um, he he decided he was going to set out and and get people eyeglasses at a reasonable pri- a reasonable price, and then at, just like Tom's, he also added a social element to it. So that's their product story. And then um, another product story is the GoPro product, and the founder says that GoPro helps people capture and share their lives' most meaningful experiences with others to celebrate them together. Like the day on a mountain with friends is more meaningful than one spent alone. The sharing of collective experiences makes our lives more fun, and the world's most versatile cameras are the way that we make it. Um, enabling you to share your life through incredible photos and videos is what we do. Um, So those are your product stories. And the last one that I want to go through before our break is best failures. Um, These help people understand what you've been through to get where you are today and what mistakes not to make. So the most famous one that you've all probably heard is the one of Thomas Edison, where he... um, he tried more than 10,000 times to make a light bulb, and uh, what he said when asked about it was that, no, he learned 9,999 ways not to make a light bulb. And the other one is uh, Henry Ford, who founded uh, two automotive companies before he founded Mo- uh, Ford Motor Company, and they both failed. And at the time of his death, he was worth $188 billion. And let's not even talk about the Edsel as far as his failures go. He was very good at failing, but he was very good at being successful. So now it's time for our next break. When we come back, we'll look at the last three types of stories. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Like what you are hearing on marketing that won't break the bank? Join our mailing list to receive show updates, exclusive bonus materials, and more information on marketing for small businesses. To sign up, visit 411marketingsolutions.com forward slash radio. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. 
when it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. So before the break, we looked at uh, the first four uh, types of stories, uh, which were vision and strategy stories, company stories, product stories, and failure stories. And now we're going to take a look at the last three, and we're going to start with the customer hero and employee hero stories. And these are the stories that really do the selling for us. Um, it's the customer that we've helped with our products and services and, and talking about their successes and business results um, that move them from being a customer to actually being a salesperson to our, our prospects. And the example that I have is actually Southwest Airlines. And there's a flight attendant at Southwest Airlines who found himself in the position to help a, a passenger in need. And he really went above and beyond the call of duty. There was a nine-year-old girl named Gabby who was a type 1 diabetic and was severely anxious about being on an airplane. This was her first trip on an airplane. So the uh, crew member worked throughout the flight to make sure that she was comfortable um, bringing her special drinks and trying to make her laugh after he noticed her struggling during takeoff. And when the plane hit a serious patch of turbulence, he let her sit next to him in the empty seat and talk to her about his daughter, who was actually the same age as as, uh, Gabby, about her pets and her school, and even let her um, grab his arm uh, for comfort. At the end of the flight, he used the PA system to tell the whole plane that his friend Gabby had just overcome her fear of flying and that she deserved a round of applause from the whole plane. And uh, her mother reported afterwards the whole plane clapped for her and it was a wonderful experience on Southwest. We are forever grateful to have met such a beautiful selfless soul in the flight attendant. So that's just one of those stories where you know that that mom and that girl are going to talk about how great Southwest is every to every person that they meet. They're never going to forget that um, conversation that they've had. Um, so those are the things that you want to do when you're talking about customer hero and employee hero stories. The next type of story that we're going to talk about is the paint the picture stories. And these are the stories that make a point and clarify, but it may not be obvious. Uh, it may not have an obvious business relevance. So I have a couple of those stories and you've probably heard one or both of them before, but I think it's really important to go through it and, and talk about it. So the first one is um, called the, it's the little things that make a big difference. And the story goes, there was a man taking a walk on a morning beach. Um, He saw that along with the morning tide came hundreds of starfish. And when the tide receded, they were left behind with the morning sun rays. They would die. 
The tide was fresh and the starfish were alive. And so the man took a few steps, picked up one, and threw it into the water. He did that repeatedly. And right behind him, there was another person who couldn't understand what this man was doing. He caught up with him and asked, What are you doing? There are hundreds of starfish. How many can you help? What difference does it make? The man did not reply, took two more steps, picked up another one, threw it in the water, and said it makes a difference to this one. So this is one of those stories that when you um, relate it back to business, it may be to your um, customer service team saying that no matter what you're doing, every time that you help somebody, you're making a difference in their life. So that's how you bring it back full circle to um, painting that picture of how each of our individual actions can help others. The other story that I have is called the goose story. And so this is when you see geese flying in a V formation. You may might consider what science has discovered as to why they fly that way. Um, as each bird flaps its wings, it creates an uplift for the bird immediately following. And by flying in a V formation, the whole flock adds at least 71% greater flying range than if each bird flew on its own. People who share a common direction and sense of community can get where they are going more quickly and easily because they are traveling at the thrust of one another. And so when a goose falls out of formation, it suddenly feels the drag and resistance of trying to go it alone and quickly gets back in formation to take advantage of the lifting power of the bird in front. If we have as much sense as a goose, we will stay in formation with those people who are ahead the same way we are. And when the head goose gets tired, it rotates back in in the wing and another goose flies point. It's sensible to take turns doing demanding jobs, whether with people or with geese flying south. Geese honk from behind to encourage those up front to keep up their speed. So there's a lot of messages that we can get here as far as how it's important to not go it alone, how it's important to work on a team, and that sort of stuff. But but on the surface, it may not look like this has, has relevance to a business. So the last uh, type of story that we're going to talk about is my why story. And these are the stories that share the reason and purpose you come to work every day, and it's the most powerful story we have available to us. And this is the one of those stories that's unique to you and it talks about why you do what you do. And uh, one of my friends used to uh, always say, you need to find the why that makes you cry. It's This is not a surface story and it's really important to understand that because it's it really goes to who you are and that's really what's going to make that powerful connection to your audience. So when you're coming up with this story, what I encourage you to do is if, if you ask yourself, why do I do what I do? Um, and you write out your answer or you answer that question. Um, I would continue to ask yourself, but why do I do that? And, uh, when you get down to that really, uh, basic level, you will actually cry. Um, and I've done that uh, myself when I when I got to the why that makes me cry. And I've seen it happen for others as well. So I really encourage you to get there so that you will uh, connect with your audience on that level. And they will understand who you are. And it will go a long way to getting them to know, like, and trust you.
Now, I said that there were only seven different types of stories that um, I was going to share with you, but there's actually another type of story that I want to talk about. And the first seven that we've talked about are how you can uh, relate your story to your audience so that they uh, understand you better and um, can relate to you and start to have that powerful connection with you. But this story is uh, about you connecting with your customers. And this is why you really need to develop a backstory for your customer avatars and your ideal customer profiles. And we've talked a lot about uh, customer avatars in the past and how it's so important um, that they are, that you make sure that you're uh, putting them together so that you are talking directly to your audience. And it's so much easier when you have that picture in your mind and that story in your mind um, because it should be like talking to a friend over a cup of coffee. Um, you know your friends inside and out and they're not just statistics of age and demographics and that sort of thing. You know their dislikes, you know their family and that's how well you really need to know your ideal customer avatar um, and to do that you really need to develop their backstory. And so uh, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to tell the story of one of my customer avatars and I, and I hope you'll get a sense of why this is so important and why it will help you to uh, communicate your message better to your customers. So my customer avatar's name is Sarah Jane and she's 45 years old. Her, she has brown hair and brown eyes and she's been married for about 20 years to Jake uh, they have three kids, James is 19, Katie's 13, and Sam is 8. And they live in suburbia, um, which is uh, in Orange County, California. And she makes about $1,000 herself, plus her husband makes about $150,000 a year. Sarah Jane was the vice president of business development at a good-sized company, but when they downsized, she decided to go off on her own and is now coaching and consulting for various small businesses in the area. Her core values are that um, you should give more than you need and trust is very important, but most of all, family comes first. Um, her favorite books and uh, music and TV. She just loves uh, mystery and suspense novels, um, 60s and 80s pop music. Um, she loves to watch The Amazing Race, Shark Tank, Designated uh, Survivor, and Criminal Minds. And secretly, she's a Trekkie. So she, she has that sci-fi uh, big picture view in, in the back of her mind. She, uh, she is a member of the Chamber of Commerce and she attends their mixers and, and uh, networking events. And she's also a member of the National Association of Women Business Owners. So um, what keeps her up at night and what she worries about, um, and these are in her words, um, I made a good salary in my corporate job, but now I feel like I'm in free fall. We have three kids that will be going to college and my salary was to take care of their college funds. Now I'm rarely bringing in enough to help cover expenses. I know I'm uh, good at what I do. I'm just having trouble figuring out how to get people to trust me and even find new clients. So her challenges are marketing and social media. And she says, I know I feel so stupid 
Uh, posting on Facebook is easy, but it, when it comes to my business, I don't know what to say or do. And uh, when she was asked, what do, your, what do you wish companies, providers understood about you? She says, I love to learn and I'm willing to do what it takes. Just don't go too fast or assume I'm a techie. Give me information in small pieces so that I can learn in snippets. Ask questions and make sure that it's easy to find the information again so I don't have to go back through everything to do so. And really, that's, that's the core of my customer avatar. And I hope that that's shown you that um, for me, Sarah Jane has come to life. It's not that she's, uh, she's 45 years old, she's married, she, um, this is what she used to do, this is how much she makes. There's a story behind it, and, and, I, uh, and I begin to understand her struggles and what are some of the problems that she has and how I can uh, take those and turn them into um, services that I can provide or turn them into ways that I can help solve those challenges and actually become her friend or my audience's friend so that I can help them and help them succeed. And that's really where my passion is. And that's part of my story is my passion is to help those small businesses that are struggling with their marketing because they know the core of their business and that core may not be online marketing and social media. And that's where I come in. I come in and stand beside them and either teach them how to do it themselves, or I do it for them so that they can concentrate on what they do the best. So that's the story that I give, and that's the story that I know about my customers. And with that story, it's time for our last break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up on storytelling with some tips on how to get those juices flowing. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let's face it. Marketing your business is a lot more complicated than it used to be. If you are like many small business owners, you don't have the time to learn how to effectively market your business. At 411 Marketing Solutions, we recognize that when it comes to marketing, one size does not fit all. We take the time to understand your business goals and objectives, then help you put an action plan in place to engage them. 411 Marketing Solutions will help you develop a cost-effective plan that helps you build relationships with customers where, when, and how they want to communicate. Please visit us online at 411MarketingSolutions.com to find out how we can help you achieve success in your marketing efforts. That's 411MarketingSolutions.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. To reach Janet Kunst or her guest today, please call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472-5790. You may also send an email to Janet at 411marketingsolutions.com. Now, back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. 
Welcome back to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I've given you seven types of stories and a bonus story that you can use to make a better connection with your customers. So now we're going to finish up with 10 tips to make you a better storyteller. And the first tip that I have for you is you want to plan your story starting with the takeaway message. Um, You want to think about what's important to your audience and the ending is really the most important point of your story. And this is the message that we want to deliver and the one that will linger with the audience. So you want to really start with the end in mind. Um, When you're talking about the workplace, you want to keep your stories short and simple. Um, If you're giving it as part of a speech or part of a, a meeting that you're having, you don't want it to be more than three to five minutes long. Um, because that's really all that people can digest today. Um, we all tend to have a, a little bit of ADD, and if you go longer than that with with uh, a story or an example, you're going to lose your audience. So, good story uh, number three is good stories are about challenge or conflict, and without those elements, the stories aren't really interesting. So, the compelling part of the story is how people deal with that conflict. So you start with the people and the conflict. And that means it could be um, a challenge that they're facing. It could be a problem that they need solved. Or it could be a need that needs that just needs to be met. Um, and when, you, when you're talking about your story, and this is tip number four, um, think about your story like a movie. So imagine you're the screenwriter with the goal to get your message across. And the story really does need to have a beginning, middle, and end. Don't start in the middle and have people saying, well, wait a minute, where, how'd they get there? And then don't leave a cliffhanger um, because you're not going to get them back later on. You're going to need to have, a, have an ending to your story. Um, Tip number five is start with a person and his challenge and intensify human interest by adding descriptions of time, place, and people with their emotions. So this goes back to um, uh, our childhood and when uh, you were reading those fairy tales or your parents were reading those fairy tales to you and it always started uh, once upon a time in a land far away there lived a beautiful girl and her name was Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or fill in the blank and and the story actually described in beautiful detail um, what that place looked like those are the things that you need to, need to do is you need to start describing those situations so that people can get that image in their mind of exactly what you're talking about. Um, Tip number six is you want to be creative. Uh, I would highly suggest that you create a a storyboard, which means that you draw it out and uh, you can do it while you're listening to music or reading something for inspiration. Um, uh, And just keep in mind that a story has uh, ups and downs. It has an arc for the story and you want to pull people along with you. You want to create a little bit of tension. um, And and, and again, it's just like a fairy tale. So it's kind of um, like Little Red Riding Hood and Little Red Riding Hood is skipping along on the path and uh, to her grandmother's house. And all of a sudden out of nowhere jumps the, the big bad wolf. 
And um, that's really how, how you create that tension. Or just think about those uh, stories that you told around the campfire or at sleepovers where you created that tension and all of a sudden at the end you just scared the living daylights out of each other. Those are the types of stories that we remember and those are the types of stories that will always come to mind. So you want to uh, also, this is number seven, you want to intensify your story um, with vivid language and in, uh, intonation. So you want to tap into people's emotion with language. You can use metaphors, idioms, parables, um, anything that ha- that's associated with those emotions. So um, you don't want to be that drone that gets up there and just reads the story in a monotone. And we've all sat through those presentations and you're wondering, and and they tell you, um, I have a story to tell you. And then all they do is read the story and you're like, what's the point of this? You're putting me to sleep. Uh, So you want to make sure that you are... um, animated and and tell that story in a a really fun way so uh, if you are telling the story um, to an audience and you're using a PowerPoint presentation and this goes for any PowerPoint that you're doing please this is a a marketer's request Um, you want to use the appropriate graphics and pictures to convey your message Stay away from text and complicated graphics. Um, a single picture tells a thousand words, so it it will go a long way to convey your message if you just use a picture and few words. Um, I have, I I know you've sat through these presentations where it's statistics and graphics um, upon uh, with no end in sight. And you can't even read the slides because there's so much stuff there. Not only are you going to lose your audience if you do that, the other thing that will happen is that um, you nobody can read it for 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 one, and you're going to lose your audience, and you're going to lose your train of thought because you're trying to get through that presentation, and uh, nobody can see it anyway. So. Even if you do a presentation like that and hand out your slides, people are going to be paying more attention to the slides than they are to you. And you really want to make sure that you are the focus and your story is the focus. I've done presentations that have consisted only of pictures and have had people come back and say that was the best presentation that they've ever had because all we did was pictures and we painted that story and they were able to um, take away everything that we we gave them and internalize it and really understand what we were talking about. My ninth tip is has to do with storytelling in and in of, of itself. So most of us haven't told stories in front of an audience since probably English class or public speaking in high school. So you really do need to practice. Um, you can tell your story in front of a friendly audience to get feedback, um, gauge your pace, and take note of the story length uh, and your use of language. Uh, you'll get better over time, especially if it's a story that you're going to use time and time again. And then the last tip that I have is the most important point to make the switch within. Because once you're internalized today's left brain 
communication style doesn't work very well and you realize that stories are how people really communicate, you'll find it a lot easier to proceed because it's really authentic. And that's how people get to know, like, and trust you. And that's how you persuade others um, to uh, buy your products and uh, become your advocates in the world to uh, others around them. So we've made it. I hope you have your master storyteller hat on now. And if so, let me know how you're going to use the information by leaving me a comment on my Facebook page at 411 Marketing Solutions. And I really do want to hear your best story. So you can connect with me on Twitter at Janet Kunst, on Instagram at Janet.Kunst or on my Facebook page at 411 Marketing Solutions. And if you have any questions about what we've covered, because we really did go through a lot of information today, or if you have a question that I didn't answer, please feel free to drop me a line at Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com. And so now let's take a look at what's coming up for marketing that won't break the bank. So next week, since it's the last week of... um, 2017, I thought we would uh, take a look at um, content marketing. So the title for next week's episode is The Unconventional Guide to Content Marketing. And what we're going to be talking about is how to put together that content marketing plan for next year and how to do it in a very quick, easy manner so that by the time you, you start the new year, you'll have all of your content planned for the entire year. And while you'll have to work on it through the months, you'll know exactly what you're going to be doing um, each month and each week. So, uh, and with that, if you have any questions about it or you want me to include something in in next week's episode, please send me an email at Janet at 411MarketingSolutions.com or just uh, message me on Facebook at 411 Marketing Solutions. And I really hope that um, today's episode on storytelling has inspired you. And I'm so glad that you joined us today on Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. I hope it was really informative and you've come away with some new ideas to market your business. Uh, Have a happy and healthy holiday season. And uh, I'll see you next week. And have a great week. And I will see you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning in this week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Be sure to join Janet Kunst for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now you can use what you've learned in today's show and step up your marketing efforts. 